to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hi, everybody. This is Adrienne Garland, and welcome to Sugar Coated. I am more than excited, more than I can even say today, for my guest. Her name is Chris Plackey, and she is an incredible visionary woman that helps other female entrepreneurs and female leaders to get out into the world and make a huge impact. She coaches female entrepreneurs that are literally shaping and changing the world. And so many people that I know know her and say such incredible things about her. And I can't wait to share her wisdom and her incredible spirit with you today. Welcome to Sugar Coated Chris. Thank you so much for that lovely intro. Well, I am so excited to talk to you for a multitude of reasons. But before we sort of get into it, why don't you just share with our incredible listeners who you are and what your mission is in the world? So my name is Chris Plackey, and I am a coach for female entrepreneurs, uh, primarily women who are running seven and eight figure businesses. And my vision and my mission in the world is to prove the power of one thriving woman. In my life experience, I was raised by a single mom. And then I can just echo this throughout all of the different women I've known. Women are the center of the ecosystem that they're a part of. And so when the woman thrives, when we thrive, Everything else in our lives is better. Everybody we touch is better. And so I like the the vision for me is, is seeing how the world changes when one woman is thriving. It's crazy powerful to watch families, communities. We can even see it at a macro level, right, with countries. When women thrive, um, everybody else is better off. Amen. I mean, that could not have been better said. And I agree with you a hundred thousand percent. Actually, uh, one of my best friends uh, sent me something just yesterday that said that, you know, everything that you sort of give or present to a woman that we make better. Um, Mm -hmm. And it couldn't be more true. And what I like to think is that we have this huge opportunity in front of us now coming out of this global pandemic, Mm. the shakeup of, you know, leadership, the shakeup of systems, the tearing down of inequity and just the rising up of diverse thoughts, opinions, voices, people Mm. 
And I think there's such a huge opportunity for women to, you know, step into the forefront and not just stand back and be given something to make something better. Although maybe the world is being given to us so that we can make it better. Mm -hmm. What can we do? What can we do? Because Chris, I know that you are all about action. Mm -hmm. What can women do so that we can take these leadership roles and that we can mold and shape a better future? I mean, (laughs) I know that's a big question. (laughs) And it's deep. Right. Yeah. So I do have a lot of thoughts about this. I think I love you kind of hit all of them. You know, I think what we're first dealing with, like at a very big macro level for all of us across the world is, and not to be too, I don't know what the right word would be, but what we're cracking, this the, the, the system that we are cracking really is the system that's been in place for thousands of years. In our most recent history, we would call it sort of white male colonialism, mm-hmm. right? This leadership model that's like dominant, powerful, possession rooted. And Command and control. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and that the leader is the most powerful. Mm-hmm. That's like you become anointed as, as a leader. And then those two have been so inextricably connected that we, we call people leaders, but that's the, in many cases, people aren't actually leaders. They're just more powerful. And so they sit in the throne, they sit on the seat and they have the, the, the megaphone, but they're not really demonstrating leadership, at least in the way that I think a lot of us are now expecting leaders to show up. So we're in the process of that whole system crumbling. And that's good news, but it's going to be awful for a while. Mm. Because now what we're watching, especially here in the U.S. and especially in our large corporate cultures and also in our political system, and I'm no, by no means an academician. I do not pretend to be this. This is just my having studied leadership for 26 years and watching what is happening, right? So now what we're watching is the, the last gasping breaths of people who, who benefited yes. from that system. They're now, I mean, literally trying to change, like, look at what Georgia just did with voting rights, right? Yeah. Like they're literally trying to put roadblocks everywhere to protect their own power, which again, people think is leadership. It isn't. It's just a power grab. Mm. And, you know, the the clock's running out. This whole white male dominant leadership thing, they're going to be outnumbered in about 25 years. So they're doing everything they can, right, to build the system to support them. Fine. It's going to be ugly. I think all of us just need to tell ourselves that truth. Mm. And I was just recently in Hawaii. I do um, several retreats there every year, which was amazing. And I'm happy to talk about that too. Please tell us <laughs> about Hawaii. From, yeah, Please tell Hawaii. us about Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> but I was on this walk and it was, I think I, I think it was, uh, it was, this was about 10 days ago. It's about 10 days ago. And it was right after um, several of the hate crimes against several of the Asian members of the community and the shooting that, the two shootings that have just happened, right? All these things have just been going on. And I was walking through the forest, literally, of, of Hawaii and having all these thoughts about, 
that me just processing the anger that I have, like, how do we keep putting up with this? How many more times is this going to happen? And feeling very powerless and helpless. And I realized that what many of us are trying to do is reform a system. We're trying to take what's existing and change it. And I actually don't think that's possible. So this is a little bit random, but I'm going to throw it out there. I, I realized that a lot of us, because all we've known for thousands of years is that leadership is embodied in destruction. Like you have to destroy things in order to create something new. And I think that's what a lot of us are trying to do is we're trying to destroy what exists to replace it. And I I actually think that's the wrong approach. I don't think it will work because it's using the the model we're trying to kill. We're using the same model. Yeah. Is that following? Okay. Yeah. I, you know what? I, it's so funny that you're talking about it, especially like this, because I used to talk about corporate America in very much the same way. Yeah. So, and, and one of my um, hypotheses is that women don't get to those levels of success in business, the million dollar mark and the VC funding and all of that, Mm. because we're playing this game that was not designed for us. And so Mm -hmm. when we try to put ourselves into those roles they don't fit. It's like wearing something that is like way too big or way too small on you. It's, you know, you just Mm -hmm. need to go to a shop at a different store. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very much the same what you're talking about with all of these systems and leadership. It's like you can't base your brand of leadership on what's come before because you're just sort of perpetuating it. And then the other thing is to just tear something down so that you can rebuild that thing. But with you at the helm, that doesn't solve the problem. Exactly. Exactly. So this is like a big conversation. Yeah. And I know <laughs> I coach I coach female CEOs on how to lead and manage teams. And that's my area of expertise. But in, even within that, right, what we're watching is you become, you build a successful business. You know, most of the women who hire me are kind of over their skis. It's like they've generated the revenue, but they don't have the, the, the structure of the company to support it. Mm. And so, so what's the modeling? Yes. This dude, this dude modeling of what a CEO is, right? Which feels so disingenuous and 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 not authentic. And, you know, I just recently did a course that I called um, the empathic CEO because so many women I know, and frankly, men, there are so many men also who are empaths, who want to lead a different way, but even they are struggling in in this space, right? So how do I show up and be this woman and command the, um, the respect and the role of leadership without being a tool, without it being just replication of what everybody's built before, right? Yeah. And so I believe that leadership is feminine. I think we have been misaligning leadership to men for thousands and thousands of years. Women demonstrate leadership from the moment that baby is born, from the moment they're a part of a village. There is an inherent ability of in all women to lead that we have just to your point 
I think, and not even with intention, we've just been insidiously taught that that all of these gifts that we have, our sensitivity, our collaboration, our communication skills, our, our, our sensitiveness to other people's emotions, our wanting to keep people included, all of that is somehow a deficit yeah. in leadership versus it being an asset. And so if we take where we are, and like I was mentioning, like we, we've been trying to destroy, destroy what exists in order to bring something new. I don't think leadership is about disrupting. I think leadership comes through invention. Mm-hmm. And so, so as I was walking through the forest and I was like, I felt overwhelmed with like, I, do I need to donate money? Do I need to do? And then I just had honestly one of my coach's voices in my head. And what she says to me and what has been saying to me, which has been very effective is you do what you know works in the world and you go all in on being who you are, like full on, risk it, risk, take, Go all in on the vulnerability. Go all in on the potential for embarrassment and shame. Be willing to be seen unlike you've never been before. And tell people, this is what I'm doing. Would you like to come? Mm. And and so instead of me, because I worked in corporate for 20 plus years, and I had all those same thoughts, Adrian, and more, right? And my first coaching team internally, that was our, our motto was to create a schmuck-free work environment, right? Like, <laughs> that we were going to change all of this yeah. awfulness <laughs> and we were going to help these, no offense, dudes, see the light and see how self-awareness and, and mindfulness can change how they show up and that they could build better teams and stronger teams and more successful teams. And, and people don't have to be afraid at work and they can feel supported and emboldened, right? Like we have this whole thing. And then every, you know, and then honestly, even after I left that company and I was doing corporate work and then I would go do these workshops and I'd speak at events and there was always these people just sitting there with their arms crossed looking at me like, how much longer is this presentation? (laughs) (laughs) So that's fun. So now it's more like, listen, you know what? There's more of us than there are of them. And if we just all decided instead of trying to make them see and be different and and try to, like you said, play their rules and win the game. Right. How about we just go over here? I love that. I was just about to say, like, I'm going over here. <laughs> we just come over here. It's fun over here. And you know what? They're not allowed yeah. until they tell me that they can show up, right? Like, that's part of why I do exactly what I do. Oh. And and I know that my vision for what I'm building is, is built in loving everyone and accepting everyone and and demonstrating that leadership is a is a connection and a relationship it's not a position and it's not tied to or tethered to authority and power at the demise or destruction of others like it's mm. it's a whole other partnership that i want to paint and create for people and oh yes by the way we're also going to learn how to have a difficult conversation, how to hold people accountable, how to how to create the space and create spaces at work where people thrive and that you are not, not tolerant of substandard because you don't need to be. Yeah. Just because you want to be loving doesn't mean you tolerate. 
Yeah. Poor results. They're not. Uh, Yeah. Those, right. They're not mutually exclusive. And it's, it's an entirely new way of looking at your work life or your, Mm. or the career Mm. aspect of your life. And I think what's happening Mm. is, you know, clearly because of the pandemic, work and life Mm. got mushed together. Yeah. And I think it caused, you know, a crisis of Mm. identity with so many people because when you think about it in the corporate world, and I came out of the corporate world, you know, you do put a piece of yourself aside. You even put a piece of your mind aside and and you pretend that you don't have a family or that you don't have other responsibilities because you don't want to seem, quote unquote, distracted or weak or something that somebody could take advantage mm-hmm. and get ahead of you. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of posturing and positioning, even mm. if you don't even if that's not part of you, who, you know, who you are, your identity, it's like you almost have to do that in order mm-hmm. to survive and thrive in the corporate world. And I don't know. I mean, I haven't sort of been in that world for a while, but even when I do work with some clients, sometimes I still see that very same exact behavior, you know, to this day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I I think that when everybody's home and you can see what's going on behind them with, you know, technology and everything, it kind of takes those people down a level to to humanity. Mm -hmm. And there there I am hopeful that there is something different, but. I have not necessarily seen that. Mm. Do, do you have any? I mean, I know that people are in their own way bringing certain programs mm-hmm. into their businesses or maybe starting businesses in a different way with a different approach. Is, is there any, mm-hmm. Are there any examples of, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's a woman or a man, but, you know, companies that are being created or things that are like different. Like, oh, let's keep an eye on that because that's something Mm -hmm. I haven't seen before. I can't give you any examples off the top of my head. Yeah. I think that we were in a real flux. I, you know, the, the only person that I have in my brain right now, who I think is demonstrating this at a, at a large level is, um, why is her name? Her last name is not on my head right now, but Jacinda, who's the prime minister of New Zealand. Oh yes. Yes. Right. You know, I think what she has done is completely turned the job of a prime minister on its ear. Like, here, I'm going to do a live Facebook feed from my living room in my tracksuit. Yeah. With my kid in the background. Like, what? Yeah. (laughs) And, oh, by the way, we're going to eradicate this virus and this is how we're going to roll. It's humanizing. It's exactly. And and that's what we moved away from, I I think. And I think that's the thing that is so infuriating. We Mm. moved away from being who we are. We moved away from being human. We put aside our feelings of empathy. We put aside, you know, that there are other people. But I don't actually think in 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 again, in the last many thousands of years, that's even existed in the role of leadership. Like, I don't actually I agree with you that we put it aside at work. But I don't really think it's ever been very modeled. No. Either. So it's kind of, um, and then what we've done 
to extend your question, well, then I think what we did, especially in Silicon Valley, you can see this. I have a perfect example of a, a company, but we swung all the way to the oh, other yeah. side, which is now come work for us and we will take care of you. We will feed you. We will put beds everywhere. We will give you beers, gardens on Fridays. You know, I went to a company there to do a online thing and they had a full cafeteria. They fed all the employees lunch and dinner. There was a stacked lunchroom with like every kind of organic, munchy, crunchy, drinky thing you could want. And, you know, employee engagement ratings are now a thing. And there's this huge initiative. And of course, no matter how much we focus on employee engagement, we still see it's, you know, disengagement is 70%. So mm-hmm. 30% of employees are engaged. So all of the, the so, now, so we swung this pendulum, right, to try and, say, no, we're human and we see you and we appreciate you and we want to engage you by giving you. It's a ploy. It's fake. It's it's false. It's yeah. Yeah. It's like come here into the, you know, my minivan and you can have a a lollipop. Yes. Yeah. And so but it's, it's misplaced because, you know, I don't think what people need, humans want hasn't changed much since we were probably you know, living in grass huts, you know, we, we like to have community. we like to be seen. we like to be um, included. we like to be appreciated. And so all of that's nice, but it doesn't make me work harder. Right. And it doesn't make me respect you more as a leader. And in my experience, the leaders that I would follow um, and help and work with, even now if, uh, that I have a successful business, even if some of these people called me, I would show up. It's because they understood me, they knew me, they connected with me, they listened to me. It's not because they gave me, you know, cliff bars. It's right. not because <laughs> they, right, I got a cool clock or whatever. It's because I was seen as a human. Yep. And I also was held to my commitments. And I wasn't allowed, it wasn't an an environment where everybody just got to do whatever they wanted. There was clarity of expectation. There was clear feedback. There was clear way to win so that I could be successful and feel that kind of pride. And that, those are the leaders who set that up for me and held it and believed in me. Those are the people I would work for. And I think those are the most, the people most of us would work for. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. How so how can we what do you think the the first step for us you know mm. those among us that say I want to make a difference, I want mm-hmm. to help people, I also want to thrive and mm-hmm. and you know earn my fair share. Um, and have abundance in my life. What? Mm-hmm. And I actually am specifically talking about women now, um, because mm-hmm. I think we're way behind the starting line. Mm-hmm. What can we do to sort of, you know, leap forward without without stepping on anybody? You know, what are some of the mm-hmm. first things that we can do so that we can start making this world and business more? human? Well, the first thing to me is to make the assumption, instead of assuming that you aren't worth it, that you aren't already 
equipped with everything you need. How about we just make the assumption that you really can do whatever you want and you really are equipped to be the best version of yourself that you want to be. You might need some navigators along the way, which we all do. But, you know, again, speaking of my retreat in Hawaii, like one of the biggest hurdles for even very successful women, millions and millions and millions of dollars, if we want to qualify it that way, women, right, is this inability to give themselves permission to nurture themselves and nurture their own goals and dreams without feeling guilt for what it does to others when they succeed. And so that first step for me is this, you know, like the one of the things that I I probably need my own coaching on, honestly, Adrienne, but (laughs) (laughs) a woman says to me, well, let me check with my husband. Right. Like there's a difference between let me check with my husband because we're partners and, you know, I got to make sure we can manage that with a family versus let me check with him and see if he thinks it's okay. Right. If he agrees with the idea or the decision that I'm about to make. Yeah. Like, is he going to, or is, is, do I need his permission? Right. I, it, it lights me up because <laughs> I, especially like grown women who are 45, like yeah. that isn't, that is not a partnership. That is deference. And if you want to be a leader, you have to be able to and willing to have an opinion and claim the space that you own on the world and tell someone else, no, yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. But it requires us to first really know who we are, because I think the answer to the question is if you step into your fullness and you really become who you like, if I know that every single woman I coach they get stuck in the weeds of their business. This is why so many of them are overwhelmed. They're like so in it that they can't see anything. As soon as they step up high, I know every single woman I coach has a vision for what she wants to create in the world. Mm -hmm. And the best news ever is right now in 2021, you can do that. That was not true 50 years ago. No. But it is now. Mm. There's no shackles here. The only shackles now are the fact that we've been taught that we can't, Mm. but not that we can't. You have a laptop and an internet connection. (laughs) (laughs) You can do anything, y'all. And I have the benefit of coaching so many women who make money who do so many things. I'm like, I meet new women all the time. I'm like, you make money doing that? Yeah. (laughs) So awesome. I didn't know that existed. So anything like whatever that life is that you want for yourself but it's the story that you say it's the oh i have the kids or it's oh my husband or my oh my mother would or my mother-in-law would really think like i you know i coach all the people on that right oh my mother-in-law she doesn't understand my business and she thinks i make too much money and why do i need to make that much money why can't i do (laughs) all the thoughts it's like so step one is how about we just decide instead of assuming I can't and I shouldn't, or I don't know how to, how about we just assume, oh, no, 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 I actually know everything I need to know already. I might need a few navigators to help me get going. Yep. But But I've got it in one. Yeah. Yeah. The more people we have on this planet leaning into that part of who they are, their greatness, their amazingness, their intolerance for, for the, um, 
the beliefs of what's not possible, like they just, no, 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 no. You must be confused. I am capable of whatever I want and I'm going to make that happen. Yeah. The more people we have doing that, the more amazing places there'll be because not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. No, they don't. But a lot of people like working for them because they love the play in the space of possibility. Mm. That's what entrepreneurs do. I I love that. And, and you know, I, I, I also see this opportunity and it is sort of how how can this be figured out because there are the realities of kids and having to take care of them it's very difficult to carve out the time and and Mm -hmm. just women make you know 82 cents on the dollar and it gets worse Mm -hmm. you know if you're hispanic and you know Mm -hmm. there are there are definitely a whole bunch of restraints that now, I, I, you know that that's all they are. They're just thoughts, right? Well, they're not. They're real. They're, they're real, but they're but they don't need to be the thoughts that hold us back from from moving forward and trying to change what's real right now. Yeah, I mean, I think we tell ourselves, "Yeah, I make eighty two cents on the dollar," and then what? Right. So yes. so now that women have lost all of these jobs and gotten laid off mm-hmm. and they're they're you know home caretaking and multitasking mm-hmm. and cannot think for themselves or take care of themselves because they just don't have the help I do think that there is this humongous opportunity for women to start businesses I do think that entrepreneurship Amen. is the answer I I, yeah. I think it's the answer but I you know I don't know exactly how to tell everybody how to do it but yeah. to me I see that that's the answer and we need to figure out what that looks like and it needs to be something that's different than we've ever seen before. I love that you're saying this. I this is sort of a silly story but we just remodeled our bathroom and part of the remodel was our closets. It was in the it's in the bathroom, right? So I bought all these wardrobe hangers so that we could move all our clothes out of the closet while they were redoing the bathroom so that I didn't have to just have my clothes like laying on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, we just finished and now I have four rolling wardrobe racks that I have no use for. I'm never going to use. Right. Mm. And so I'm like, Oh, I'll just put them on Facebook marketplace. Maybe somebody will want them. I have, you know, I have no idea. So I posted them and within 17 minutes, I had like nine people who were like, can I buy them? Can I go? Right. And I'm like, what is happening? And so I agreed to this one gal and she's like, yes, I'll come right now. (laughs) She drove 45 (laughs) minutes to buy them. Got here in her beat up old Honda Civic, bless her heart. And she had to take the whole things apart. And she's talking to me and she's taking things apart. I was helping her hold them so they don't roll it. Anyway, she said, yeah, you know what? I got laid off and I just decided to start selling formal dresses on Poshmark. And so many people have started these kinds of businesses that it's impossible to get these wardrobe racks because you need them to display and iron and press all the clothes. No way. And I was like, oh my gosh. And she said, yeah, it's a great little side hustle, but it's for now it's important because, and so to your point and, and really kind of echoing what I said before, there are people making money, doing everything. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And and that's, you know, like, like, like I want someone who will just, I wish we had more personal chefs in in neighborhoods all over the world. So like, if you're not working and you're a really good person, you'd like to cook, could you just cook for more people? Because there's people who will pay you for that. Yeah. 
right? Like there are so many ways to generate revenue and have a self-sustained lifestyle and take back your power because you're absolutely right. The cool thing about entrepreneurship is not that just that it generates revenue and helps you make money. It gives you financial freedom. Yeah. And you are no longer bound to someone else's decisions about whether or not you're going to make money. And how you make that money and what hours that you need to work in order to make that money. I love that so much. I I went through this incredible program. It's the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses program. I have a client. Just did that. It's yep. amazing. There's yep. there's amazing parts of it, and then there there's one thing that wasn't amazing. But um, I was in an incredible cohort. It was the Tory Birch cohort, so it was all women. We were sort of mm. at the earlier stages of our business. But one of the things there were several that really stuck with me was when we were asked, you know, what kind of business do you want to to have. They they said, look, if you want to have a business where you're laying on the beach sipping, you know, margaritas three months out of the year, then build that business. Yep. Don't build a business and wait and then have to go on vacation or whatever. Build the business so that it serves you and that it serves your life, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And I just hold on to that. I think that's, you know, exactly what we all should be doing. It's not mm-hmm. the uh, it's not the stuff that's promoted in the media. The stuff that's promoted in the media is, uh, you know, kill yourself, mm-hmm. build a business that you, you know, get all this well, venture capital that, financing. That's the, yeah, that's the online influencer um, influence right now. That yeah. whole that whole jam is toxic. Also possessed with male toxic energy. Yeah. Possessed with it. Yeah. And um, you know, Clubhouse just came out and I I went on it for a hot minute and it was like, oh, they're all here again. Yeah. Telling everyone how to run. You're their the company. second person that actually or actually you're the third person that has uh said that to me and one of them was a man. Yeah. Well because I think there's equally a lot of amazing men who don't agreed to play that way. I just wish they were louder. Yeah. And would sort of raise their hand and say, "Yeah, I don't I don't subscribe to any of that." Yeah. I'm out. But I do I love what you're saying because I do think that's the get is the is create something that that but the tether that you have to launch first in the air is the vision of what you want. I think a lot of us just start something and we don't have that clear. And then we do become right employed by our own company and live a life like that because that's all we know instead of tethering to, you know, like I have a future self board on my Pinterest and I'm always really cultivating this is I'm building something that this is what I want to be doing. That's I was just in Hawaii for three weeks Mm. Because I could, and also it's part of how I've built my business. My CFO actually just had to coach me because I felt so guilty. You made She's it like, so. No, that yeah, no, you made you it so. Company, so. You could go to Hawaii for three weeks. Yeah. And oh, by the way, you helped all these people who came to Hawaii with you, right? For four of the days, the rest of the time I was there. It was just, so, so build that. 
And but it starts with the belief that you're completely worth it and and you're completely capable. And I want to really rec- recognize something that you said. And I apologize. I probably had too much coffee today. <laughs> I do agree with because I we do a lot of diversity work. I have a gorgeous, amazing um, conscious inclusion advisor who works with us, and she's so brilliant, Dr. Camille Broussard Wise. Mm-hmm. And I'm very conscious of that. I don't have the same challenges that other women have because I'm a white woman and I'm very aware of that. Mm-hmm. And I also don't want the, that for it to silence my message right. because I do believe regardless, there are angels who will help you. There are, there are resources available to you, but you've got to decide that you're going to tell the truth about your circumstance. I don't have a degree. I've never seen someone make more than $50,000 a year in my family or $40,000 a year. I live in a community that's depressed and nobody has money. I have limited access to internet. Like whatever the truth is that's true for you, tell the truth Mm. and then say, okay, so what am I going to do about it? Yeah. Right. It's just a problem to solve. It's just a challenge. Yeah. Yes. And we all have different levels of that. And so- but I do recognize that me saying, you know, go in the world and do whatever you want can feel so abstract and impossible. Yeah. It is true because <laughs> I know it is. Yeah. But I also think you have to tell the truth and start where you are yep. and seek out the resources, the support. I call them angels because the one thing I also think is really true is there's a lot of women helping women right now. And I think it's important for us to know who those women are for us and hang out with them and stay away from the women. Cause there's also always this little weird yep. thing happening yep. in the women's community. Yep. I think there's less of that, but there is still some of that. So it's definitely there still. I actually yeah. had another guest on the show, Antonia Hawk uh, from Fritz Carlton. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. wrote an incredible piece about the, you know, the, the, when there are women not helping women and mm-hmm. it's it's unfortunate um it's clearly out of a place of fear and mm-hmm. uh you know lack there's not a, there's the perception that there's um not a lot of room at the top but you know the the top you know i'm over here right. <laughs> i have a different top now <laughs> yeah it's like i said right like i got sick of, of hearing women say no there's no room at the table so i just made my own right, right? let's come over here yeah. we got another table if you like my table better i think it's more fun we have snacks <laughs> we have cliff bars <laughs> yeah our table's at the beach it's not in it's not in a room with Oh my God, exactly. And that that's like the whole mindset. I actually teach a class um, at NYU, the uh, Tisch Center for Hospitality, and it's on entrepreneurship and business plan development. And a lot of the class I spend on talking about mindset and the growth mindset and getting past fear and experimentation and just doing and then learning and it's, you know, yes, business plans are important. Yes, profitability. Yes, understanding the numbers. All the business stuff is definitely important. But the most important thing is you as an entrepreneur. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's Whatever just going on so in powerful. That brain translates its life. It really it translates does. out into the world. Yeah, for sure. I, I love what you said. And, and I watched the cutest video that I was going to share with the class, but I didn't want them to think that I, you know, I thought that they were 
uh, kindergartners, but there there's this lovely animation just about these two seeds underground, and they have everything that they are and ever will be within them as a seed underground before they even break through. And the one seed is so afraid. What if the sun burns my leaves? What if I, you know, can't get enough water? And the other seed is so, um, you know, excited to to see how the sun's going to feel. And so that's the seed that, you know, breaks through and grows and thrives. And it's not without challenge. Um, Mm. But I just, I love that image, that imagery so much. And I think that, that that's how we as women need to think about ourselves. It's like the seed that contains everything. It, you just yeah. might not be fully there yet. Nope. I love it. No, and that's what growth is about, right? That's the whole point is growing and, and exploring. And um, when you hit a roadblock, not using that. You know, I think one of the things that I find the most frustrating about talking to newer entrepreneurs is this this thought process they have, which is, well, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it happens. How go- we'll see what happens. And I'm always like, no, no, no. Um, no, it's, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll work out. Oh, God. No, no, no. no, no. no here's how this works. I'm going to make it work out and yeah. I'm going to keep trying until it does. Yeah. Right. That's the, you know, I was talking to my team too, because we just started this past year doing a launch model, which I've never done before. Hmm. And I'm going to say, I don't really like it. Really? (laughs) I'm committed to like figuring this out, but I, we've been really, because we, I've coached enough online business owners to know that I do not want what they create for themselves, which is pure hell. Yeah. Every time we do a launch, right? So we've made this agreement as a team that we are going to have successful enrollment periods without it looking like any of the other things that we know it could look like. So we're going to build something that will win, but we're going to work at it and we're going to make sure the win aligns with the way that we want it to work, right? So it's not just focusing on the win. It's also that the win is in the way. Love that. I think I need to write that. Yeah, like that is so brilliant. The win... Yeah, it's it's, it's really not good. only the win, the win, it's the way and the win. <laughs> yeah, the win and the win, yeah. And so, so, but when, if you're one of those people that is like, I, I don't know, I don't know if it'll work out, but I'm going to give it a shot, you know, like, no, 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 no. We're going to decide that it's going to work out. And then you're just going to be relentless in your failure. Yep. Until, until you get there. I love it. Yeah. Chris, I love yeah. that so much. I love it. I love you. I love the way in the wind, the wind in the way. <laughs> I love our whole entire conversation. I, I feel yeah. like I have gotten so much out of it. Uh, I'm looking at the time and I'm like, yeah, I could right. talk to you for another hour. Right. But I know that we are busy, incredible women. But what I would love is, you know, if, if anybody would want to get in touch with you, go to mm-hmm. Hawaii with you, take any <laughs> of your programs, hire you as a coach. I mean, please let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you. How do we do this? Okay. So... Basically, there's a couple ways. If you just want to like check me out and play around, just you can either follow me on Instagram, Chris Plackey Coach, and it's spelled, I'm sure this is somewhere on your page, but it's Chris K R I S and Plackey P L A C H Y Coach. 
You can listen to my podcast, which is Lead Your Team. And much like what we're doing here, mine are usually 15, 20 minutes on sort of hot spots, hot topics for female entrepreneurs as it relates to leading and managing. My signature program is called the Have a CEO. Yeah, I love that. And that's where I, it's a 12-week program and where I teach women who are running businesses who already have a proven business model, who have a team member, at least one, and you're trying just to figure out how to scale leveraging team systems, procedures, how to have difficult conversations, hire, fire, hold people accountable, that kind of thing. So those would really be the best options. And that's at howtoceoregister.com. You can see what we're up to. We have special guest experts. In fact, you're one of your favorites. Eleanor Beaton is mm-hmm. um, one of our favorites, and she is a guest expert quite frequently, along with Allie um, Brown, who many people might know if Love they know Eleanor too. as well. Yes. So we like to introduce our clients to other female CEOs who are running their companies and bringing their own wisdom and advice. So, um, And then the only way to get to go to Hawaii is to be a client or an alumni client. So I extend that invitation to women who I've already worked with. Um, and I, it's usually about seven or eight women, and it's an incredible, powerful. Somebody actually said to me, how do you even describe this? And they said, I really don't. We just yeah. invite people to come and hope that they get it, what I, they're doing. You had me at Hawaii, so. <laughs> <laughs> Especially right now, right? Like, and one of my clients actually just flew from New York. She came. Really? She flew she got a direct flight. She, everybody, I told everybody, buy first class tickets. Wow. And they all did. And she slept and wrote and she loved it. It was like a good 10 hour Gorgeous. immersion. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I have to ask because I'm a huge fan of Hawaii. I've been there. I have actually have relatives mm. there. Did, did you go to Maui, Oahu? Where were you? We do this on Oahu and oh. we do it on the North Shore. Oh, yes. There's a part of the North Shore, Turtle Bay. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's on 880 acres of nature preserve. And so we have our Tommy Bahama beach chairs, which if you're a sports parent, you know what I'm talking about. You put, put them on your back and we walk out to spots under the, under the trees right at the shore, but we're in this shade. Mm. And everybody gets a cute little lap desk and a journal and... We spend about three, four hours, more like four hours together every morning. Um, and then everybody has their own time the rest of the time. That sounds like heaven. It's heaven. Yeah, it's that heaven. sounds like heaven. Yeah. Chris, this has been so lovely. I just have enjoyed our conversation so, so much. I'm looking forward to being in company with you and hopefully sharing ideas on how more mm. women can, you know, create these new entrepreneurial ventures in a brand new way. And mm. from that place of confidence that we have mm. everything that we need right here, right I now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you so it. much. It's my pleasure and thrilled to be here. It was a lovely conversation. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.